Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just so weird, isn't it? Yes. People say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism, and I have a little pool here, and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. Mm. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. This is Wretched Radio. It is Witness Wednesday here at Georgia Tech. Sitting in my car, I'm a Georgia Tech, and I'm getting ready to walk out into the campus, and I've got that feeling again. What is that feeling? It seems to be that feeling that this is a difficult thing to do, an unpleasant thing to do, even dare I say. Because witnessing to people can be hard. Now, here's the interesting thing about the way I'm feeling. Thanks for asking. I have done this, I I don't know how many times. And over the years where I've been doing this, I can't think of one time. Do you mind if I get out of my car? It's starting to get hot. The worst thing that could happen today, which which is about the worst thing that has ever happened to me, is that I'll ask somebody, hey, will you talk to me? And they're gonna say, no, I don't have time. I got to go take a test. You know, that excuse. Uh, really? That's the worst. And yet, for some reason, the feeling of going and doing this again is really the same feeling that I've probably had every single time that I have done this. You kind of get a little bit. And so it is, as we go out to witness, or you are even at the grocery store and you have the opportunity to witness, I suspect that you are going to have fear, just like I have. Whatever the, whatever this feeling is, you're probably going to get it. Maybe you need to bring somebody with you. Maybe just being aware of it will be helpful. Maybe just realizing... <laughs> This happens all day, every day. People are doing it. And the worst that is going to happen to you is somebody says, no, don't talk to me. Is it that that bad? Is it that painful? It must be because it sure does give us the shakes, doesn't it? So with fear intact on the whatever hundredth time this is or thousandth time this is that I've done this, going to try to be obedient anyway. So that's what we're going to do. We will get to it. I'm just heading right now toward the little Areopagus Center where the kids tend to sit, kind of linger a little bit more than in other places. Always be aware of that. Where can people talk? When somebody's doing the boogie and they're trying to get to the next place to stop, hey, can I ask you a couple of questions? You're just setting yourself up for failure. So look for the place where people are hanging. Hey, young man. Could I interrupt your listening for a moment to ask sure. you a question on the radio? Sure. What's your first name? Steven. Nice to meet you, Steven. How do you do? Fine. How are you? Good. Where are you from? McDonough. That's in Georgia. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with everything. What are you doing here at Georgia Tech? Um, I'm actually a physics major. Hoping I'm actually doing pre-teaching it. You want to teach? Yes. Why? Um, it's just something that I find interesting. So you like to learn? Yeah. Cool. Oh, I want you to teach me something. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to teach me. Okay. Very specifically, which religion, which world religion, is the right religion? What do you teach me? I actually don't like organized religion. That was not the question, young man. 
which religion is the right religion? I don't think that orga- organized religion is correct, though. Okay. So you would tell me the right religion is... No disor- religion. No religion. No... Not disreligion, but no organized religion. I think that you should find a way to heaven yourself. So can I make that up any way that I want to? Yes. All right. Here's how I'm going to make my way to heaven. I'm going to... What is that? That's called the campanile, correct? That big pin yes. needle thing? Okay. I think that if I climb up that campanile and I can balance on the top of that thing for 3 minutes and 16 seconds, I will make my way to heaven. If you truly believe that, I think that you can. Look at the skeptical look in my eyes. Really? I can get to heaven by doing that? If you truly believe that that will, is what will get you to heaven... So that sounds a little mm, mystical to me, that the power of my belief actually makes reality. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Huh. Okay, let me try something. All right? I'm a Christian. So here's, here's what I believe. All right? And I firmly believe this. I believe that people who don't believe in Jesus will not have their sins forgiven, and therefore God will give them what they deserve and they'll go to hell. Okay, now I believe that. So I believe that anybody who doesn't have forgiveness of their sins will be punished by God. I believe that. So that would mean if you don't have your sins forgiven, then you would be going to hell too. I I believe that. Will you be going to hell? No. But I believe it. You just told me my reality is real if I really believe it. What happened? I do believe in Jesus, though. My grandfather is actually a pastor. Okay. Forget that for a second. Let's go back to uh, if I really believe it, it really becomes real. So, if, okay, well, let's let's talk about that. It becomes right real there. for yourself, though. It doesn't come become real for everybody else. But my That's, reality that is your involves way. you. But that is your way to get to heaven. That's not my way to get to heaven. But that's irrelevant because I believe it. And you're involved in my reality and my belief. So you're going to hell. Huh? No. Well, of course it would. Wouldn't that... So you're saying that my belief only becomes a reality for me. Yes. But not for anybody else. Your belief only affects you. But what if you? my belief involves everybody? Else. That's fine. It can't affect them, though. Your belief cannot affect another person. Huh. You're studying physics, right? Yes. Give me a physics equation. Which one? I don't know. I don't know any of them, so you could make one up and it wouldn't matter to me. But just give it a go. Um, we'll do a relativistic equation. Uh, X equals 1 over gamma X rest. That's the compression equation for relative relativity. Would you, would you just say it slower? Because I'm going to try to memorize it one more time. It is uh, the compressed length equals 1 over gamma times the rest length, where 1 over gamma is the square root of velocity... No, the square root of 1 minus velocity over c squared times something. Okay, here's what I think it is. Whatever that formula is that you just described, which I can't remember already because I don't have the same kind of brain that you have, it's not 1 over gamma, it's 1 over delta. No, it is. What? Okay. What do you mean, okay? You can change the variable. Well, that doesn't change what it is. Okay, but it's, okay, then it's, it's 2 over gamma. Not one. How's that? Okay. That's okay. what I believe. Okay. Am I right? No. So I'm wrong. Okay. Good boy. Well done. So I'm wrong. Yeah. So there's right and wrong in math. Yes. Uh-huh. And there's right and wrong in 
the physical world. Yes. And there's right and wrong in the spiritual world. Not necessarily. What happened? What? Why? Why suddenly does reality and truth change in the unseen? Because we've never measured the unseen. You can't measure the unseen. You can't Actually, measure you spirituality. Can. Yes, you can. You can measure the unseen by the seen. You can't measure spirituality, though. Well, just because... Well, you can't measure love, either. But you know that it exists, correct? That aside. Not necessarily. What do you mean, not necessarily? Love doesn't have to exist. You don't think love exists? Not for everyone. Do you love your life? Not all the time. Really? So you'd rather die sometimes? No. Okay, so you love yourself and you love your life. And Not you can't measure that, but you know you got it, right? Sure. All right, and I would also suggest that you can know what is in the unseen by even measuring the seen if you want to do it empirically. Let me tell you a story. All right, I want you to imagine something, and you see if this, if, if this floats your boat. Imagine a cave, and there are some cave people, let's just call them humans, sitting in the cave. And they are sitting on a bench, staring at a wall, and they're chained so that they can't move from the bench, and they can't even turn their head. All they can see is the wall in front of them. Right behind them are some other people who are busy living life, making sandwiches, eating raw boar, whatever it is that they would do in a cave. And behind them is a fire. And so the fire causes the people who are going about their business to cast their shadow on the wall in front of the people who are chained. Got the vision? Okay. All the people can see that are chained to the bench is the vision on the wall. They can't see the people nor the flame behind them. All they can see in front of them is the shadow. Right? Okay. To those people who are sitting on that bench, the shadow actually becomes reality because that's all they can see. My question for you, Stephen, is what is more real, the shadow that they can see or the people behind them going about their business? Both are equally real because it's just light propagating from okay, the fire. One's, but one's just simply a shadow. What is more real is the thing that casts the shadow. It's, it's the not shadow just is most shadow, certainly real. I understand that. It is an image, but it is merely a shadow of the real image that they can't see. If you argue with me, you're arguing with Plato. All right, mister? This is a this is a Plato philosophy here. What we see, this stuff, is merely, if you will, a shadow of the reality behind it, the power behind it, the unseen force behind it, which I would suggest to you is God. So we can measure, if you will, spiritual by measuring the real in front of us. Now, they might not be as complex a measurement as you like, but they're a measurement nonetheless. What do you say to that, Mr. Scientist? Okay. Only because I said it was Plato, you went for it. No. All right. Not necessarily. And furthermore, what is this about? So your your dad's a pastor? Your grandpa's My a pastor? My grandfather's a pastor, yes. All right. I got to take a commercial. Will you sit tight and explain that to me in a moment? Okay. All right. Dude. Hang in there. This is Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Masters Academy International. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. So I want to talk to you about something pretty serious, and it's not my unibrow. It's actually about becoming a gospel partner. I know what you're thinking. Jimmy, I love your content, but I'm not sure about this whole giving money thing. Well, let me tell you, becoming an ongoing Wretched Gospel Partner is like the Christian version of winning the lottery. Instead of winning the money, what you're going to get is the satisfaction of knowing you're helping us spread the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of lost souls all over the world. And let's be honest, we could use a little more satisfaction. You've been to the grocery store, you've seen the prices, or have you seen all this plant-based stuff they've got on the shelves? There's nothing satisfying about that. But seriously, let's get serious for a moment. We could not do what we do here at Wretched without our faithful and generous gospel partners. So why not join the team? Become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner today just by visiting wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Revelation. How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sitting with Stephen, the relative of a Southern Baptist, correct Stephen? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, dude. Now, tell me, your grandpa's a Southern Baptist. Yes, sir. All right, but you're not a Southern Baptist. I don't believe in organized religion, no. Okay, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Who is he? He was a person about 2,000 years ago. All right, tell me about him. That's all I need to know. He sure existed? Yes. Definitely? Yes. Okay, what did he do while he was living here for 2,000 years ago? What was his purpose? What was the point? His purpose was to try and rectify everybody else's sins. Mm-hmm. 
because we've got a sin problem. Yes. Do you have a sin problem? Definitely. So you everyone sin. has a sin problem. I amen to that. So you've you've broken the commandments of yes. God. You've lied and lusted. Yes. Been ungrateful. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? No. You've never used it casually in a bad kind of way? No. It's never, OMG has never popped out? Okay. You claim to be a Christian, is that correct? No. No, you don't? No. I don't claim to be anything. Do you I believe do claim, in Jesus? I do claim to believe in Jesus and in God, but I don't like organized religion, okay. which is Christianity. All right. So who is Jesus? He's the man who lived 2,000 years ago. Okay. Is that all he was? If that is what I want to believe that he was, yes. That's irrelevant. Okay, I can think that it's too over gamma. It's irrelevant what I believe. The question is, what is true? Who did Jesus claim to be? He claimed to be the savior of mankind. The God-man. Right? Fully God, fully man. Is that true? Yes. So Jesus is God? If he wanted to be. No, either is or he isn't. So was Jesus God or not? You're asking me about a person I know nothing about, basically. Hmm. But you believe I, in him? If it's... Are you familiar with the term postmodernism? Yes. You're it. Do you know that? Yes. Okay. I would like to suggest to you, truth exists. It is either right or it is either wrong. And the intensity of my belief has no bearing on what is correct. Okay. All right. Would you agree with that? Somewhat. Somewhat. Am I right or wrong? You can be both. Uh-uh. Am I right or wrong? It's not just right and wrong in the world, though. Can I punch you in the nose? I would believe it's wrong, but you could believe it's right. So you're not going to do anything if I hit you right now, in the, right between the eyes? I wouldn't. Really? I'm non-violent. Would you be upset with me? I would, yes. You would, because it would be wrong. That's why. It'd be wrong to me, but it could be right to you. Dude, there's a right and a wrong. And I don't have some supernatural ability, nor do you, to make it a reality. It is either true or false. Spiritual beliefs, just because you can't see them, my desire for them to be true is irrelevant. Do you have some sort of magic dust in your backpack there that you sprinkle on beliefs no. and make them real? No. The intensity of my belief is irrelevant. And if I believe something and I'm wrong, then I'm deluded or delusional, one or the other. But it's not right. Jesus is either the God-man or he is not, period. The end of the story. And it's much better for you to say, I don't think he is, than to say, well, it doesn't matter. Because it does matter. Because if he is the God-man, if Jesus is God, here's what he said. He's going to return to this earth. And he's going to judge the world in righteousness. And that means you. And he also said that if you do not repent and put your trust in him as the true and only God, your sins will be an account of your guilt and God will pay you for your guilt and for your sins and for your crimes against him. He will give you what you have earned. Do you know what you have earned for lying and lusting and being an idolater and not being a good child and coveting things that don't belong to you? Do you know what you've earned for yourself? In God's eyes, it's hell. That's right. And he's just the only eyes that matter, Right. And if you just simply say, well, I don't believe that his eyes matter, it is like a criminal standing before a judge saying, judge, I don't believe I'm guilty. I don't agree with you, judge. That might be your truth, but it's not mine. The judge is going to think you're a nut, and he's going to throw you to jail and maybe even put you in a padded cell. 
If you stand before the King of Kings and say, well, that's your judgment, God, it's not mine, do you think that it's going to change his mind or he's going to suddenly disappear because you don't think it's real? No. It's real. It's true. This is reality. We're not a giant's dream. This is actually happening. Look at You felt that when I touched your shoulder, didn't you? You turned your head. It's real. You're here. You know that it's real. And one day, you're going to die. God is going to judge you. The books of Stephen's life will be opened up. He will see everything that you've thought. He will see your idolatrous ways, your lack of belief. He will see your crimes against him. And the punishment for sin is a place called hell. It's eternal, it's conscious, it's torment, because your crimes against the king have been so egregious. You maybe don't think they're a big deal. You maybe think boys will be boys and everybody else does it, so it doesn't really matter. But your crimes haven't just been against humanity, they've been against God. Therefore, the punishment is awful and it's eternal. Stephen, that's either true or it's not. So my question for you, or at least maybe my pleading with you today, pleading with you is, please ponder this. It's either true or false. Don't sit in this gray area, because gray doesn't exist. It's black. Truth is black or white. It either is or it isn't. Everything that I've just said is either right or it's wrong. There's no gray area. God is true or he isn't. Now, God judges you. You deserve hell. You've got a Southern Baptist background. God is more than a just judge. He's also kind and merciful, correct? No. Jesus is kind and merciful. Jesus. God is not. Oh, they're one and the same. Three persons, one God. Okay? And the God of the Old Testament was plenty nice, too. He pleaded with people, just like I'm pleading with you, don't be an adulterer. Your idolatry is adultery against him. And he pleaded with his people then, like I'm pleading with you now. You can be reconciled to God if you will repent, say you're sorry, agree with God. You've been wrong. He's right. You've sinned, and you're sorry. You turn from your sins, not in perfection, but with a new heart in a new direction. And you put your trust in his Son, the only true and living God. And Jesus promises, if you will come unto him like that, he will not cast you out. Because the good work that Jesus did on this earth, the punishment that he took by dying on a cross was on your behalf that your fine could be paid before the just judge of all the world. Stephen, this is an invitation to be reconciled to God. The command is repent and trust in Jesus Christ. And then you will be reconciled to God because of what Jesus the Reconciler did on your behalf. He was a man to be your representative. He was a God so that the sacrifice could be satisfactory to God the Father. Jesus the God-man stands ready to forgive you. But you got to lay down the postmodern business and the idolatry and repent and trust him and him alone. And he will not cast you out. I would beg you to think about this today and nothing else. Because this is the biggest thing in the world. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and becomes a physics teacher, but loses his soul? Jesus commands you this day to repent and trust in him. You need to determine whether what I'm saying to you is true or false. Will you at least consider that today? No. Hmm. Because as the Bible says, I'm going to hell anyway. 
So it doesn't matter what I do. Well, you're right. Because as a homosexual, I'm going to hell anyway. What does homosexuality have to do with this? In the Bible, it says, as long as you're homosexual, you're going to hell anyway. Let me tell you what else the Bible says. All homosexuals, all thieves, all liars, all blasphemers, all adulterers, every sinner will go to hell. You're a sinner just like me. Yeah. And him and her. But I'm not going to hell because I've been forgiven of all of my sins, just like you can be forgiven of all of your sins. But you've also tried to stop all of your sins, and I can't try and stop being homosexual. Well, you're you're right. But Jesus will give you a new heart with new desires. That maybe doesn't mean that your proclivities don't change, but your desire to be at war with things that are wrong, whether it's homosexuality or gossip or lusting or pornography, it doesn't matter, dude. You're not a special camp of people. Heterosexuals need to turn from their sins. Dude, I'm a dog. I would lust all day long if I could, but I don't want to anymore because God's forgiven me, and now why would I do the things that put his son on the cross? Why would I do that? So it doesn't matter what your sexual desires are. It's irrelevant. You need to be forgiven for your sins, no matter what they are, and turn from them and put your trust in his son, and he will forgive you. There's homosexuals in heaven. But the difference is there's homosexuals who love the Savior more than they love their sin. The offer is available to you too, Stephen. So don't don't use your sexuality as a as a get out of reality yeah. free card. Okay? Jesus wants you to go to heaven. He will give you what you deserve if you reject this offer of his kindness. He says if you will come unto him, he will give you rest, and he will grant you forgiveness. He will adopt you as his son and grant you everlasting life, heir of adoption. Ponder it today. Will you? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate the chat. Okay. All right. Goodbye. It's Witness Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio. And now it's time for a Wretched News Break. Here on Wretched Radio, I'm Jimmy Hicks. And first up, I have the absolute honor. This is probably the biggest honor I've ever had in radio. But the honor now of announcing to you that the one, the only, Greta Thunberg is going to be awarded an honorary doctorate in theology. That's right, from Helsinki University. Oh my goodness, that is such big news. Congratulations, Greta. There's nothing I can think of that says you're qualified to teach the Bible more than skipping school and leading climate protests. You deserve it. No, no, no. You earned this, Greta. And in other news, TikTok, the popular, super popular Chinese spying app, is now boasting over 150 million active users just in the United States alone, which is over half of our population. Who knew we'd be leading the charge into spying on ourselves? And now let's talk about Grand Valley State University, who has had one of the best and brightest ideas about their upcoming graduation. Having five ceremonies, that's right, five ceremonies, completely segregated by race and sexual identity. You know, that's actually genius. I mean, what better way to prove that we're all equal than by creating more division? Good on you, Grand Valley State. And let's stay in the university realm, shall we? A teacher at a Christian college has been fired Forget this, 
calling homosexuality a sin. A teacher at a Christian university called homosexuality a sin and has lost his job. You know, there's one thing this Christian college probably will never be accused of. Having a consistent theology. And and let's just stay in this education realm. A Canadian school board has restricted a career fair to indigenous, black, and racialized individuals. That was their quote. And that actually makes me wonder if they have any type of connection with Grand Valley State University because, you know, nothing spells equality quite like vision. And finally, you guessed it, another school story. But this time it seems to be a little more positive. A Christian group is suing a Rhode Island school district for discrimination because they say the school district has discriminated against religious after-school clubs. Huh. Acceptance. Tolerance. Inclusivity. Wonder where all of those things went. And that's been your Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio. It's straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. An apostle is a messenger sent from God. The apostles were granted power and authority to establish the New Testament church. There are no apostles living today, but just as the early church dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings, so we dedicate ourselves to their teachings, which have been recorded in the New Testament. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Witness Wednesday. Hey, young man, whilst you're sitting and eating your sandwich... Can I have a chat with you on the radio for a second? Sure. Will you give me your time? Cool. Wait, wait a second. How's my hair? I can see myself in your glasses. All right. What's your name, dude? Austin. Austin. Mm-hmm. Named after? Uh, I don't know. Austin. Can I move your bag a little bit? Sure. I'm not going to steal it. not going to hijack it on here. All right. Austin named after what? Um, I'm not sure. The city? Uh, my parents just decided on that. They liked it. Mm-hmm. So you must be about 18, 19. Uh, 20. Close. Okay. I could work at a circus. All right. Because that's kind of Austin. It's kind of an 18, 19, 20-year-old name. Hmm. Right? Okay. Dude, what are you studying? Aerospace engineering. Aerospace. You want to build planes. Yep. Right? Yep. Cool. What is Bernoulli's law? Bernoulli's law? Yep. Um, a relationship between pressure and velocity. Mm-hmm. Makes airplanes fly. Arguably. Huh? Arguably. Really? Is there a debate now? Um... There's not really any reason or like definition of why airplanes fly. There's a few different theories, but no fact. Huh. Why do you think scientists do experiments? Um, to figure out why things work. Okay, to figure out why things work. Do you think that behind the desire to do experiments is a, whether they confess it or not, a an understanding that there must be some sort of objective law creator. Otherwise, there would be no consistency in experiments. There would be no consistency mm-hmm. in anything because it would be rather random. But somebody had to have written the laws. Therefore, we do experiments to see how those laws work. Um... I don't think that's directly the reason why people do, or scientists do... But they wouldn't do experiments if there wasn't even an unspoken understanding that there must there must be something objective that created these laws. Otherwise, there would be no consistent outcome. Because if there weren't a lawgiver, 
there would be no consistency. There would no be an anticipated consistent outcome to any experiment. It would all be random. Right. Which says to me that somehow inside of our noggins, we believe that there is something bigger than us. There's definitely a need to feel that there's something bigger than us. That could be. Right. Um, but that still doesn't address the issue of experimentation and science. Mm-hmm. The original science, when science started to explode out of the Middle Ages, if you will, were a group of Christians who realized that God is a God of order. This appears to be ordered. Let's experiment on the order to see how the orderer does it. But then there have also been scientific expansion without the relationship with religion. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But even underneath atheistic experimentation, I think there's a hat tip that there is a God because otherwise they wouldn't be bothering to do experiments. What would be the point? There's nothing controlling it. This is just, it's going to be chaos. But we notice that there's not chaos. There is order. Therefore, there is an orderer because we know that there are consistent outcomes to certain things. But there's also chaos as well. Not everything is predictable and controlled. Well, I agree with that. Power that just goes kaboom does not order things. Agreed? Yeah. Do you believe in the Big Bang? Uh, Yes, I do. Isn't that exactly what the Big Bang is? A bunch of power just went kaboom and supposedly ordered everything? Yes, but But there's also... But you just said that uncontrolled power doesn't order everything. It's controlled order and disorder at the same time. So an explosion is at least partially a controlled order. To some extent, yes. Could you recreate that experiment? Uh, No. (laughs) I don't think so either. If you put dynamite underneath a stack of letters, it's not going to blow up and form in a book, is it? Right. But it's consistent in the fact that you're still having the same amount of energy before and afterwards. All right. I'm guessing you don't believe in God, correct? No, I do. (laughs) You do? Yes. That's goofy. Okay, who do you think God is? Um, the creator of everything. And how did he create everything? I don't know. He big banged it? I think, personally, he just put it there and then the universe just formed itself. Ordered itself. Yeah, and he just pushed it along in the way that he deemed appropriate, I guess. Have we seen an experiment where anything orders itself? Okay, for instance, you're holding a sandwich. Nobody would ever walk up and go, hey, how did that randomly form? They'd go, where'd you get your sandwich? Because they knew somebody had to make that thing. Because you've got an organized product. Right. You've got a very organized product. Intuitively, we say, somebody made this thing. It's clear and obvious there's a God. Mm-hmm. The only question is, who is that God? I personally think so, but that doesn't mean... Who do you think God is? I don't know. I mean, it's a difficult question. Who do you think God is? I'm a Christian, so I believe in the God of the Bible, who spoke the world into existence by the power of his word, because he's infinitely powerful, infinitely brilliant, and he designed it all, and controls it all, organized it all, is involved in it all, including you. He designed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb, the Bible says. You are more intricately designed than the entire planet. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who I think God is. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. But you kind of wandered away? Um, doesn't everyone? Yeah, mostly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. 
Why did you wander away? Um, I don't know. I just started questioning things, and I almost feel what like... What was the biggie, dude? What was the big question? Just how can I, like, put my faith in something that I don't see? I mean, with a background in science, it's really conflicting because you've got all these laws, as you mentioned earlier, that are very controlled, and you're expected to just make this leap of faith and believe in something that you can't see necessarily. Do you believe that Abraham Lincoln existed? Yes. Why? Because it's in the history books. Okay. God is in a book called the Bible. Right. But it's more reliable than any history book. But again, you're taking a leap of faith that Abraham Lincoln made or like existed during that time. Well, it could be taking a leap of faith, and I think that faith is required, but I think all the evidence supports that faith. Mm -hmm. There's reasons to trust the history books. There's eyewitnesses who saw Abe Lincoln. They wrote it down. There's eyewitnesses who saw Jesus. They wrote it down. Mm -hmm. And if God can create a world, he can get you a book to tell you who he is. Right. I'm not saying that I still don't believe that, like, I mean, I'm a practicing Christian now. You are? Yes. So I understand that, like, that was just, like, during that time period, I was just having a little bit of conflicting issues with that, just making the, like, decision to just stick to what, like, I believe. So why do you want to stick to it? What has motivated you now to stick to it? It feels right, like... What if it gets hard? What if I came up and I was a different religion and I wanted to persecute you? I wanted to haul you off to the gulag and torture you? And I suppose I would have to succumb to that torture. Would you still believe? Yes. Why? It's... There's just a connection that you can't really describe. You just feel. Mm Mm-hmm. But what if that feeling goes away? I don't see how it could. Getting tortured in a gulag might help. I, I mean, how did you become a Christian? Just reading the Bible, um, meeting other Christians, um, sharing experiences. Are you born again? Yes. When? Um, about two years ago. What happened? I don't know. As I said, I just slipped. Like my faith just kind of slipped away just started questioning everything Mm -hmm. like why are bad things happening like not necessarily to me just everywhere like how can the world have so much order but then you realize that there's something like just manipulating everything and like yes but how did you become a Christian what took place I don't really think there's... Did you make a a decision in your brain? I guess... Or did you just kind of... It just started feeling good and you just kind of kept going? It was very gradual. All right. Did you you repent? Yes. All right. So if you died right now, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt you're going to heaven. Why? Because I do what's not necessarily the right thing. It's because, like... Regardless of... That's terrible. Um, I was going to say, regardless of what you do, um, Jesus died for your sins, so your sins are going to be accounted for. But, I mean, I try to do the right thing, and everyone messes up. I mean, that's directly from the Bible. Like, 
not word for word, but okay. humans aren't perfect. So what does your doing good have to do with going to heaven? I think God would rather have you not do does bad your, things. Does your doing good help you to get to heaven? I don't believe so. What helps you to get to heaven? Um, I don't have belief. Okay. In? God. Jesus. There you go. All right, dude. Thanks for the chat. All right. Appreciate it. Enjoy the sandwich. Thank you. All right. Gotta go to class, so yep. I can. Yep. All righty. We'll continue on Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe. But now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Club's ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's transformed and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. 
There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds. All to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, young man, where are you headed right now? Uh, back to my dorm so I can go up to the uh, CRC building. Can I walk with you and talk to you on the radio while you're going? I won't slow you down. Yeah, sure thing. All right, dude. Wait, first year? Uh, yeah, first year. What are you studying? Keep walking, dude. I don't want to slow you down. Not I mean it. Uh, computer science? Computer science. What do you want to be when you grow up? Some kind of programmer. Not really sure yet. <laughs> so making sure all the stuff lines up so that you get the yeah, yeah, making, thing to work. In the... Pretty much. Making sure you don't have to throw your computer out the window. Getting stuff and yeah. Got it. You can. It's pretty obvious, I think, by now. I have no idea about anything in computers, isn't it? <laughs> Just a bit, just a bit. It's yeah. right there. But see, that's why that's why God made people like you. Exactly. So that people like <laughs> me could have the stuff you make, and then you can have the stuff that I make. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure you'd be interested in the stuff that I make. But okay, so dude, you're studying that. Where are you from? From Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. Right here in the Bible Belt. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So are you a Bible Belter yourself? Bible Belter? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't call myself that now. <laughs> no, what would, you, what would you call yourself? I don't know. Player from Atlanta? Um, religiously. <laughs> oh, religiously. Uh, agnostic. Really? Yeah. How come? I just don't want to believe pretty much. There's, you know, millions of people in one religion, millions of people in another religion. Who's to say what's right? Who's right about stuff, you know? I, I think I am. <laughs> Kidding. Okay. Gotcha. So, you're trying to figure it out. Are you hostile toward the idea or you're just trying to figure it out? Just trying to figure it out. I'm hostile. When you were a kid, did your parents take you to church? Yeah, all the time. But now you're trying to figure it out. What kind of church did they take you to? A uh, United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. So what was the big teaching? Which way are you going? This way? Uh, that's right. Which way? What was the big teaching of the United Methodist Church? What was the, the big kaboom, their big selling point? Um, Big selling point? In general, just... It's a pretty laid-back kind of church. So they just wanted you to kind of be a good person in general. Uh-huh. Not really... Are you a good person? I guess. I mean... How do you define a good person? No, I would say the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments? Okay. You want to go with them? Yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure I follow the Ten Commandments. Seriously? Maybe not all of them, but... Any of them? Ones. Which one do you follow? No, I say I do follow them, not not. So you think you keep all the commandments? Not all of them, no. How many lies have you told in your life? Oh, okay. Well, you got me there. Uh, how many things have you stolen in your life? Mm, not me. But you've done it. That's true, I guess. All right, so there goes that one. <laughs> All right, have you coveted things that don't belong to you? Yeah, that's true. Never taken. I haven't really been over the commandments in a while. Oh. Ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. That's blasphemy. Has God always been first in your life? No. All righty, so that'd be number oh, one. Fast. It's very bad right now. <laughs> okay, lust. What about uh, sexual desires? Got that too. Have you ever murdered anybody? Uh, no. However. <laughs> The Bible says that if you are just angry at somebody, you know, you're driving down the road, you think they're a moron, then you've committed murder in your heart because God goes beyond seeing the physical actions, but also what's going on between our ears, what's going on in our heart. So in a sense, you're a murderer at heart, correct? Uh, I guess. I mean, just because you're angry at somebody doesn't mean you're going to murder them. No, it doesn't mean that. You're correct. But you have in your mind, if you will, you haven't physically killed them, but in your heart you have. Uh, that's not really how I see it, but I guess some people can look But you can kind of see the, the thinking yeah, behind that, right? It's a little extreme, but yeah. All right, so which one of the commandments have you kept? 
Did you honor your parents growing up all the time? Not all the time, but so a good majority of the time. Right, but that good minority that you weren't, you were a naughty child and you dishonored mom and dad. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh-huh. So which one of the commandments have you kept? Well, hmm. Try to remember all the commandments. Hasn't the only one I left out, I think, so far is the Sabbath. Have you kept the Sabbath holy? Sabbath holy. It's a good question. Not really sure. All right. Did you go to church every Sunday? I used to. Okay, but you haven't been. Not recently, no. All right, so let's call that a violation of number five. Okay. Uh, number four, I'm sorry. Okay, so, dude, you haven't kept... We went through all ten. You haven't kept any of them. Was that all ten? Yeah. Okay, well, if, you, if you're really going to count the murder thing in your mind, that's a little ridiculous okay, but, in my okay, opinion. Okay, so but. let's let's even give you a pass on that one. All right? Okay. So commandment number six, you have kept in thought, word, and deed. All okay. right? You've broken the nine of them. Okay, and it's small forms, though. I mean, it's not like, okay, for lying, it's not like I've, you know, stolen millions of dollars from somebody. It's not like I've, I don't know, cheated on someone's wife or something, you know. Right. That, though, would be like a criminal justifying his crimes before the judge. Right? Because the question is not what does the criminal think about the extent of his crimes, but what does the judge think about the crimes, correct? Okay. Now, here's why those crimes would be really bad. While we're walking, if you and I stepped on an ant, is anybody going to arrest us? No. All right. But you murdered an ant, correct? That's true, yeah. All right. Now, if you murder a bum in downtown Atlanta, what do you think is going to happen to you? I mean, I guess depending on the circumstances, not much. Not much? Yeah, but a little something, a little more. I mean, psychologically, yeah, but... Right? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you fly to Washington and kill the president, what's going to happen? You're <laughs> you're going to get arrested very fast. All right. Philosophy question. Okay. You've committed the same crime, but okay. you've received a different punishment. What changed in the scenario? Uh, the person's status in society. That is correct. Okay. The one against whom you have committed the crime. Right. When you lie and lust and get angry at people and dishonor your parents... You are committing your crime, not just against people, but against the creator of the universe. Okay. The infinitely holy one has been offended. Therefore, your crimes are worthy of an infinite punishment. Make sense? So you don't think they're bad, but that's irrelevant. What does God think about them? And he thinks they are exceedingly sinful. Okay, but according to my church, God loves you, and if you confess your sins, you know at least make a decent effort to be a good person in life, then I'll forgive you. Well, I think that's warm, at least. I I agree with you. God is loving, and he is good. But he's also just, and he's righteous, and he must punish lawbreakers. Okay. Because if he doesn't, then he wouldn't be just. So here's, we got ourselves some tension. Okay. All right, here's the setting. You die. You're guilty before God. Okay. He must, he must punish you because he is righteous and just, okay? Okay. But God is rich in mercy, and he desires to forgive you. But he can't turn a blind eye to justice, and he can't just let you in because that wouldn't be good. So here's the plan. To satisfy the tension, if you will, of God, who must punish you, but who claims to love you, he sent his son, whose name is... Jesus. The perfect God-man to keep all the commandments that you have broken... To be punished by men, to have the wrath of God poured out on him on a cross, taking the punishment that you deserve, the good man, Jesus, dying for you, the bad man. Okay. So that his goodness can be credited to your account and your badness credited to his account. Sounds familiar. All right. Now, that's the good news. 
But instead of just confessing sins and trying to be good, instead you must repent. You must agree with God. He is the only true and living God. Okay. You've broken his laws. You are worthy of eternal damnation. You've earned that all by yourself, and he'll give it to you. But that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for you, rise from the dead, and you say you're sorry, you turn from your sins, doesn't mean you become perfect, but you move in a new direction with a new heart, new desires, and you trust in Jesus and him alone. And he says if you do that, then you will be forgiven. Okay. Then you will go to heaven because God has satisfied justice and he has demonstrated his love toward you. That's okay. the gospel. Cool. Here's the question. Have you repented and put your trust in Jesus? Uh, not as recently. Ever? Yeah, for a while, when I was younger. Okay. But the Bible talks about it as being born again. When you die to yourself and you turn from your sins and you trust his son, okay. it is a radical thing where you say, I'm all done. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I have done everything wrong. I've been living for myself. Okay. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. And you've surrendered your self-righteousness, and you've put your trust in his son and him alone. And since that time, you've been different. You have new passions, new desires. And while you certainly can go to college to become a computer engineer, your primary desire in life is your God, Jesus Christ. Okay. Does that describe you? Not at all. All right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, dude. That's Not honest. Yet. Okay. So, dude, as you wander on your way here, if you died right now, you have God's word on it. Okay. He'll send you to hell. But, okay, according to your God, yeah. Well, according to what the Bible says, okay? Right. So, right now, you die, okay. you're going to hell. That's a sober thought. You're a young man. Okay. But God desires to save you. Uh-huh. But you need to drop the agnosticism, drop uh-huh. the sins, and put your trust in his son. And he will forgive all of your sins and grant you everlasting life. Right? I mean, that sounds great and all, but my only problem with anything like that is that, you know, there's the Quran, there's the other faiths like that. They have millions and millions and millions of followers. Yep. So. But millions of followers doesn't make something right. Okay, so. Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate and said, what is truth? That is a big question, so probably my, bigger my than ever. My religion is that how how can you say that you're right when and say other people are wrong when they have? I mean, it's just all the support for other religions. It's just that I don't know. I'm just fumbling my. Well, I would. You know what, dude? I'd encourage you to check them out. Your conscience, the courtroom in your brain, okay. agrees that you've done wrong. Okay. Go find a religion that eases your conscience and your troubled mind, and okay. satisfies that nagging feeling that wow, I am in big trouble. See if you can find forgiveness in Buddhism, Hinduism, Mormonism, Islam, you name it. Okay. It's not there. All right. All right? So, dude, check them out. Sure thing. All right? I'll do that. The only religion that offers forgiveness is Christianity and Jesus okay. Christ. Hey, Methodist, thanks for the chat. Yeah, no problem, dude. All right. See you, mate. Goodbye. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.